right, everybody. Welcome to the Daily Dose on the Compliance Guy. I'm Sean Weish, your host. And as always, I want to begin by saying thank you to each and every single one of you for tuning in and logging on and just hanging out with me for a little while. So today I want to talk about timely claims payment or prompt pay laws. I am constantly being asked what can be done when government and commercial payers are slow walking claims for payment. Well, the simple answer is to know your state as well as the federal law. So let me begin first by tackling the federal law since I think it's the easiest. This is 42 CFR subsection 447.45, which is aptly titled Timely Claims Payment. Now, the most important aspect of part 447 is found under payments for services, where we find the actual definition of a clean claim. And a clean claim is one that can be processed without obtaining additional information from the provider of the service or from a third party. It includes a claim with errors originating in a state's claims system. It does not include a claim from a provider who is under investigation for fraud or abuse or a claim under review for medical necessity. So those are the two exceptions under the clean claim for section 447.45. Again, any provider who is under investigation for fraud or abuse or a claim under review for medical necessity. Now, with all things government, there is some fine print, especially when dealing with the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services. So let's look at the timely processing of claims as it's defined throughout Part 447. Now, keep in mind that the agency must require providers to submit all claims no later than 12 months from the date of service, which then means the agency must pay 90% of all clean claims from practitioners who are in individual or group practice or who practice in shared health facilities within 30 days of the date of receipt. The agency must pay 99% of all clean claims from practitioners who are in individual or group practice or who practice in shared health facilities within 90 days of the date of receipt. And finally, the agency must pay all other claims within 12 months of the date of receipt. Now, there are exceptions that apply, such as um, the time limitation does not apply to retroactive adjustments paid to providers who are reimbursed under a retrospective uh, payment. Um, if a claim for payment under Medicare has been filed in a timely manner, the agency may pay a Medicaid claim relating to the same services within six months after the agency or the provider receives notice of the disposition of the Medicare uh, claim. Uh, if the time limitation does not apply to claims from providers under investigation for fraud or abuse, as I stated. 
And finally, the agency may make payments at any time in accordance with a court order to carry out hearing decisions or agency corrective actions taken to resolve a dispute or to extend the benefits of a hearing decision, corrective action, or court order to others in the same situation as those directly affected by it. Now, it's important to keep in mind that the date of receipt is the date the agency receives the claim. And this is indicated by its date stamp on the actual claim. And the date of payment is the date of the check or other electronic form of payment. Now, the government has created some wiggle room for themselves by creating waivers, which means that they have the ability to waive the requirements of the preceding um, information upon request by an agency if the administrator determines that the agency has shown good faith in trying to meet them. So in deciding whether the agency has shown good faith, the administrator will consider whether the agency has received an unusually high volume of claims, which are not clean claims, and whether the agency is making diligent efforts to implement an automated claims processing and information retrieval system. Now, the last part of the federal law that I want to talk about is looking at prepayment and postpayment claim review to ensure a provider is not under investigation. So there are stipulations such as, uh, as an example, for all claims, the agency is required to conduct prepayment claims review consisting of verification that the beneficiary was included in the eligible file and that the provider was authorized to furnish the service at the time services were furnished. Um, they have to check that the number of visits and services delivered are logically consistent with the beneficiary's characteristics and circumstances, such as type of illness, their age, their sex, their service location. Uh, they have to verify that the claim does not duplicate or conflict with one reviewed previously or one that is currently under review. A verification that a payment does not exceed any reimbursable rates or limits within the state plan. And finally, they are required to check for third-party liability within the requirements of the state plan statutes, which is subsection 433.137. Now, the agency, as I said, must conduct post-payment claims review that meets the requirements of parts 455 and 456. And again, these deal with 
fraud, and utilization control. All right, so let's shift the attention to commercial payers. And here, it's important to keep in mind that all states, with the exception of South Carolina, have rules requiring insurance companies to pay or deny a claim within a certain time frame. And these can vary from 30 up to 60 days. Now, the states refer to these as prompt pay laws. And again, depending on the state you're in, an insurance company may have a series of requirements as well as penalties that they face to ensure healthcare providers are paid within a reasonable period of time. So just as with the federal government, getting paid promptly requires clean claims. And while most insurance companies will provide you with what they require uh, to be present on a claim form, in some states, the Department of Insurance makes that determination. Now, with all things, payers create loopholes, such as not being able to pay or deny a claim because they require additional information such as documentation to support what was billed or if there's another payer responsible for payment as the primary. However, even if this happens, there are laws on the books that require them to make the request for additional information within a reasonable time frame and then to process the claim within the required prompt pay period once they have received the additional information. So in the event a payer fails to comply with the prompt pay laws of your state, you can go to the National Association of Insurance Commissioners. There, you simply scroll down to the bottom of the homepage to insurance departments and then use the drop down to find your state. From there, it will link you to your state specific information and then assist you with filing a complaint. And the last thing to keep in mind when determining whether or not to file a complaint is that the prompt pay laws do not apply to self-insured plans. So they are not regulated by the state. However, they are governed by federal laws. So this brings us to the end of today's Daily Dose. I hope you've enjoyed the content. Until next time, take care.